Welcome back, fantastic friends and fans, to the sixth episode of the Fancast at Four podcast. My name is Dan Bettenhausen, and I'm your host as we venture into the what-ifs of Marvel's first family, who will soon be appearing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. With Spider-Man director John Watts set to direct the Fantastic Four, rumors and speculation are flying around as to who will be playing the comic book royalty. But what if a different director was behind the camera? And who might they cast? That is what we hope to explore in this podcast. If you are new to the podcast and want to hear a brief history of the Fantastic Four, you can check out our first episode, where guest Pat Bolfamonte provides a breakdown of the characters. With that said, let's dive right in and meet this episode's guest. This week, I'm very excited to have my friend, John Lestrina, on the episode. John, welcome to the podcast. Also, hi, John. John, how are you doing? Uh, hi, Dan. What, <laughs> uh, what would you like to share about yourself with uh, with our listeners? What about movies do you love? Without spoiling who the director is, what about this director is it that you like? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, great questions, Dan. Great intro, Dan. Hi, Dan. As always, hi, Dan. Did I mention hi, Dan? Okay, I think I got it. Okay. Um, did, I like about I'm glad we got that covered. <laughs> I'm glad we got that covered. <laughs> what I like about movies, movies to me should be fun, enjoyable experiences. I mean, sure, who... Everyone likes a good cry every now and then with a movie, but I like to have fun when I watch movies. Movies that are cool, have good, cool action, cool stories, fun, big hype moments. Just something where you have a good time with friends, family, cool experiences, big personalities. Because that's what a movie should be. Fun, awesome, and cool. Great. Well, that might be a tease into uh, the focus of this week's episode. Uh, but before I spoil any further, let's discuss this week's director. This director has 10 feature-length directorial credits in his filmography. He is a Taiwanese-born American who has, whose movies have grossed more than $3 billion worldwide. He is best known for directing some fast-paced chase scenes along with some furious action and stunts. The director we are choosing this week is Justin Lin. John, Whoa! John, it's, it's uh, no surprise to some in our circles that you are our resident Fast and Furious fan and expert. You you touched on what you love about movies and certainly these Fast and Furious movies, which by no means is all he's known for, but pretty heavily as of late. What about the Fast and Furious franchise really uh, really gets you excited? Well, I mean, I, I love action movies. Action movies are cool. They're fun. Uh, what I like about these movies is that they're really just, Let's just do something cool in terms. I mean, sure, you might have some egos getting in the way of trying to be serious kind of thing like that, which is fine, which is cool, which is great, entertaining. But particularly what I like about Justin Lin, his focus is let's just do stuff that looks cool. I, you know, shoot stuff practical. Um, I mean, for action sequences, chase scenes, the behind the scenes stuff, you'll see them actually lay out like little model cars. And let's bring the camera on here. Let's have the explosion here kind of thing. And that whole process is cool. Just seeing basically someone who understands what these movies are about that's why they brought him back again and they trust him best way is he understands the assignment what these movies should be <laughs> that the fans really love and, and we all love him for it bringing back just justice for han well that that might be coming into don't don't spoil too much i mean for those of you who are familiar with who han is i and for those of you not who don't uh, you'll have no idea what we're talking about till later, maybe. Um, so That's I guess, fine. is that is that what differentiates Justin Lin from some other franchise directors? Do you think do you think he is the best director of of the franchise? I, well, he, obviously, he's, he's done the most. Uh, yeah. but I think him and James Wan are the two guys that really 
really brought it. I mean, James Wan had a difficult task for his film, but he he definitely knew where he where he needed to go and was able to direct it properly. Yeah, um, and those two guys, I think, are the premiere of this franchise. I would love to see another James Wan film in this universe at some point. I think it would be cool to bring him back, um, but obviously he's busy with his other stuff. Exactly. But yeah, I think those, Justin Lin and James Wan, I think those two are the guys, yeah. Well, with that said, uh, before we get into our casting and our pitches, I do want to get into our segment that I like to call Four Fantastic Films, where we dive into each of our preferences or our four favorite films from our featured director. So, John, what are your four favorite Justin Lin films? Oh, Boy, putting me on the spot. Uh, I mean, I guess for uh, first of the four, I'm going to have to go out and say uh, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Uh, Justin Lin's first foray into the Fast uh, Saga franchise. I'm taking it totally different with new characters, new setting and place in Tokyo. There's no Paul Walker. There's no Shao Rodriguez. I mean, there's a, a Vin Diesel cameo at the end. But largely, he's not present in this film. It's new characters introducing the character Han. Well, previously, in a previous Justin Lin film, he's introduced. That's another topic, another day. Uh, but this movie, this is the one that really has the most street racing, the most car kind of stuff. And when you talk to people in like serious car circles, this is their favorite film. John Cena doing press coverage for F9 said, hey, I fell in love with Tokyo Drift. I'm a big car guy. This is my favorite film. Uh, so just all of the street racing in this one, the Japanese culture, the setting, this is really cool and has some really cool characters and really hype moments as well. That's that's really interesting to hear because from just kind of my layperson's understanding of the franchise, it was always kind of one of the more panned ones because how far it deviated from, I'd say, the core franchise. But that's interesting to hear that for those who really are into into the street racing and, and, and cars and how they work, that this is a film that really resonates with them. So that's really interesting to hear. Yeah, I think it's one that has definitely over time has become more beloved in the fandom which it's I aged, like to it's see. Aged better. I, I mean, people might say the, the Lucas Black performance is not necessarily the, the best, but for that I, role in that time, it's it's fine. There's some cool lines. I, I imagine you're not watching the Fast and Furious franchise for the acting so much. And maybe not. <laughs> so what is your second favorite film i will have to, i'll go with i'm just gonna go in order of their release and and go with uh fast five which is my personal favorite of of the franchise i liken it to um the avengers meaning it unites all the at that time the, the ogs and the new crew together uniting a team-up movie the first team-up movie and then obviously introducing uh the rock who is one of the biggest megastars in the world and seeing him how he interacts with everybody all the egos coming into play and two some of my favorite action sequences in this movie the the, the chase scene with the safe going through the streets all shot practical which is what i love about these movies and what i think justin does very well and it's just su super super fun fantastic i guess some people would say showing off their fantastic superpowers <laughs> Yeah, so this is this is the one where you'd say, correct me if I'm wrong, where this goes kind of from the, the heist. Well, there's still maybe some heist elements. These characters kind of become super heroic in in a sense, rather than kind of like John McClane in like what Die Hard Four, where he was just this cop and now he's like jumping into helicopters and stuff. Yeah. They they develop 
kind of some superpowers in this film, which I think probably is a great direction for the franchise. I am not panning that at all. I think Fast Five is is great as well. Uh, For all of you who may be poo-pooing the franchise, I'd give Fast Five a watch and see if that might change your mind. It's a really fun movie. Yeah, and I know this isn't one of my movies that I'm going to bring into the converse of my my four, Yeah, but I think you do have to, you can't ignore uh, Fast and Furious, the the fourth film, yeah. Also directed by Lynn, which is the very transitional film to get them to five. One is important, uh, not necessarily in my top four or on my list, but it, it is one that some groundwork. you need to, you can't ignore to get to five. Yeah, no, totally. What's what's your next favorite film? Uh, I get the direct sequel to Fast Five, Fast and Furious 6. Again, a new setting, new returning characters, new characters. This is the one primarily set in London. Got the rock back, more ego bumping. Um, <laughs> Letty, who apparently may or may not have been killed in a previous film, comes back. It's like, whoa, what? Which is not so big, sort of surprise in post credits to five. But anyway, uh, this one I think might be arguably the best film in the franchise. Uh, really crazy, psychotic villain, which you really need in some in these big these movies. You need a cool, legitimate villain who can do things just as well, if not better than your heroes which is important also to uh, a great action scene the bridge scene with there's, a, there's a, a tank this one just again we also learned that cars cars don't hurt landing on cars you'll be good uh, which is great <laughs> which is awesome another reason why these are superheroes and are awesome I mean, it's a shame that Vin Diesel is already in the MCU as uh, the voice of Groot because that he would have made a great thing just with his ability to crash into cars and come out unscathed. But he is our Groot. We are Groot. I am Groot. You are Groot. And uh, I think we're all the better for it because he is a great Groot. Okay, but last but certainly not least, what what comes in next in your four favorite Justin Lin films? I mean, it's, it's got to be F9, the reunion of him to the franchise. Obviously, he didn't do seven, mostly because he was still working on six and yep. didn't want to jump ship and leave that behind wanted to make sure that was good to go and then obviously didn't come back for fate of the furious uh, which was another director but f9 this one when it came out obviously when it came out during the pandemic it was delayed a little bit uh obviously for practical reasons um, this movie showed that hey people can show up to a movie and do well and do what the fast furious does best and that's just awesome cool ridiculous action scenes and special props to to introducing john cena to the franchise another big big star who i think did a great job and looked apart looked well looked cool and again we get returning of other characters too namely on spoiler um and that's so john cena is a toretto which is also awesome too which is amazing because they did both those reveals in the trailer. I was like, whoa, ballsy. Are you serious right now? Like, what else are you going to show us? And then just cool, awesome action sequences. Yeah, this movie wasn't without its surprises, despite what was revealed in the trailer. And I think you make a good point about John Cena. Like I said, I've never, I probably had some biases about, about wrestlers getting into acting, but we've seen as a late, especially in these superhero franchises, like a Dave Batista um, or, and now John Cena and his role as Peacemaker, especially in the HBO. Max series really are standing out in their ability to do both action and comedy and still display that heart like I was I was rung through the emotional ringer in in the Peacemaker series by Cena's performance and his ability to play that foil to Vin Diesel was 
really good. I mean, they know what, like you said, I think all these actors now know the assignment, understand the assignment, excuse me, when, when doing these movies, but it makes sense. It works in the scope of, of the franchise and the film that they're making. Definitely. It, it, it helps that these also two are, they're used to big audiences, big crowds playing, playing that up and being put in a situation where it is a major, major role, a major film and being able to meld themselves into that and come off as being larger than life and, again, being entertaining. I mean, obviously, you said Peacemaker, John Cena, perfect role. Some of his other roles were great. Maybe not till Bumblebee. I mean, he was the only one really self-aware in that movie. Not to get on, on too much of a tangent, my favorite line in the whole franchise is when he says, they call themselves the Decepticons. That should have been a red flag right there. I like, it's, a, it's a great line. It's a great line. Which is like, oh my God, I love him in this movie. Just for that. Like Yeah, so I will always appreciate him for that in, in Bumblebee. But again, we're not talking about Bumblebee. We're, this isn't necessarily a John Cena discussion. Um, this is a Justin Lin discussion. And uh, for my four favorite fantastic films, uh, I'm not going to... Three of, the say, of mine are on John's list. Uh, really, the Fast Five, the sixth installment in F9, all on there as well. I've only seen Tokyo Drift once and it's been some time, so I didn't feel right including it on my list. But one movie I do want to talk about is diverging from the Star Trek, or not the Star Trek, I'm spoiler there, from the Fast oh, and Furious franchise. I know, oh, darn it. Uh, the <laughs> movie I do want to talk about is Star Trek Beyond. I uh, This is probably my second favorite of the new, the, the Kelvin timeline. Uh, I think the first one is a fantastic movie i love the first one i was never big into star trek and this got me interested into learning about more of them and i think this film star trek beyond the third installment really kind of solidified how cool and how expansive this franchise can go and i really do hope that the rumors are true that they are going to be making more of them we get some really interesting fights and exploration and again i think just the dynamic between who they've cast for the crew really just keeps getting stronger and stronger. The dynamics between Pine, Quinto, Urban, Saldana, so on and so forth, really is is just great. And I think Justin Lin really stepped up to the plate. One thing I feel bad for him is that I think this movie didn't get the recognition it rightly deserved because of some frustrations from the previous installment, Star Trek Into Darkness, which again, I also liked that film. I will admit 100%. I really did enjoy uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, but I think Star Trek Beyond suffered because of some some outcry and some frustrations that that film brought about. Don't want to dive too much into it, but I really do. If you haven't seen Star Trek Beyond and you do like the sci-fi, you like what happened in the first Kelvin timeline Star Trek film, I'd really recommend giving it a watch. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I was I do really enjoy uh, Star Trek 09. I think it's a great movie. Into Darkness, I understand what they were going for. I think that one did overall a little bit of a misfire. But, totally fair. But Beyond, I think it is great. It, arguably, it could be better than 09. Um, I, I think I put 09 a little bit ahead of it uh, just because it's, you know, that first with that cast reintroducing Star Trek. I'm not, because I'm not a big Star Trek fan really either. So it was really like my first sort of kind of foray into Star Trek. It had a lot That's of work to do kind of to, thing. Be, to be convincing. Like I said, I, I don't know... I don't want to speak for the really diehard Star Trek fans, but to me, it seemed it seemed successful in what it was setting out to do. Well, those are our four fantastic films 
that we both love of Justin Lin's. Well, and maybe a little bit of uh, some other films we talked about as well. We got some Bumblebee talk. We got some Peacemaker talk. But, you know, like I said, hey, it's all it's part of It's a fantastic <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yes, yes, John. John understands the assignment here. Uh, but now here's here we're getting to the segment that you've all been waiting for, that you're really here to listen to. Time for our fantastic casting. John will go through his list of casting his Reed Richards, his Sue Storm, his Johnny Storm, his Ben Grimm, and his Dr. Doom. And then I will go through my list, and then we will have a great discussion intermittent about our picks. So first, John, take it away with who you're casting as a, in a Justin Lin-directed Fantastic Four film. All right. Well, first, real quick, these, these castings, I tried to stay away from sort of somebody, the big mega star who can really overshadow all of them, because to me, it is more of a ensemble, I think was important. And maybe there might be one that in my in my casting that maybe is a little bit bigger of a star, but it happens. But I think it works well together. Um, and I tried to cast them all off each other, maybe in pairings or mirrors kind of thing, because me, the character, that's how the characters work well together. So I had a really, had a lot of fun making this casting. I'm going to kick it off with my Reed Richards as the always cool, awesome guy, Sung Kang. Most famous for his role as Han in the Fast and Furious saga. Also going to be in the upcoming Kenobi series. So I was really excited just to, to bring him in there because I think he would be a great cool Reed Richards. Before you dive into just kind of more thoughts on this, I was looking, as I was kind of looking through my cast, I didn't realize, he is really a Justin Lin staple. He's been in, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his films, uh, starting off with uh, one of his early films in 2002, Better Luck Tomorrow, and then pretty, almost every, if not if not every Fast and Furious film he's directed, uh, you can quote, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, John, but he has been in over half of Justin Lin's films, uh, at least feature feature length directed films. So I think it's great that you've cast probably his most used actor <laughs> um, yeah. in, in a, in a, or, sorry, in a fantastic four film. I mean, it makes sense. So what about, what about him is Reed Richards to you? To me, when I think of Reed Richards, I think of him kind of as, I mean, this might be not necessarily wrong comic book wise, but he always seemed cool. The le- um, I don't know if you want to say the leader kind of of, yeah, of the crew. Fine. When I think of Sun King, just I think he goes into that role being a leader of a group, but not necessarily being the one who can overpower the group because he's more like a chameleon kind of thing uh, where he can just meld into a beach chill. Everyone likes him, very popular. So that's when I'm thinking back to like of the original Fantastic Four, the, the ones, the more popular Fantastic Four films that we got, not the what was that 1991 that was 94 maybe unimportant unimportant <laughs> so you're, you're talking we're, we're, you're talking about like the the jessica alba ones right yeah um, yeah and <laughs> this, this the 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 dumb campy scenes where yeah. he's supposed to look ian gruffafo whatever his name is is supposed to be <laughs> cool yeah. uh so that's where i kind of envision my my Reed Richards, Sun Kang, going to that role of just being calm, cool one who is very adaptable, a good public face, very likable, and can draw a crowd. No, I, I think that's that's a great choice. I think uh, it's important that and right that you have Sun Kang in this film, hint, hint. But no, I, yeah, I really no arguments about casting him in any role in a Justin Lin film. Um, 
But and I think certainly if we're going to look at Reed Richards as the leader of the Fantastic Four or as the the headliner, you maybe um, I think it's cool that we would you'd be giving Sung Kang the opportunity to be that headliner, which he hasn't quite been. He's always been kind of that that side character. Yeah, he's part, been part of the crew. Yeah. So th- I think this is a deserving opportunity for him to lead lead a team and a franchise as big as fantastic four definitely going off again all these are kind of linked together uh, they'll make sense in the end i think hopefully but my sue storm is possibly the biggest star i'm not doing air quotes you can't see but they're there for, if you can do it if you want to do it at home as well so my sue storm is someone who has experience being in superhero films uh some some big ones Yep. has a major role. It is uh, Gal Gadot, obviously most famous for right. being Wonder Woman. Yes, yes, of course. Maybe seems like, oh, that's a, a big role, a big star. Yes, but she's also been other stuff where she's been sort of a secondary character, a co-lead kind of thing. Right. Uh, so I think in my film, in my casting, she works well, particularly with uh, Song Kang. I mean, those two in the films that were together, I mean, they were very closely paired together as they yeah, will, they won't, they kind of think. So they have good chemistry chemistry with each other good experience with each other and i always just wanted to see more of them so this yeah. casting allows me in this film to explore more of them together because ultimately i still want a fast and furious spinoff well with them two together the adventures of han and giselle no that would be great i think those two are at least within the context of the fast and furious um a great pair one i, I would love to see a story around uh, i think and i think Gal has thrived in this kind of superhero genre. I mean, her turn as uh, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, especially in the the first film, was star star making for her. And I think to be able to step into Marvel as another premier character as a Sue Storm or an slash Invisible Woman uh, really would give her another chance to try out a different character who isn't quite the same. I think there is some interesting character dynamics and differentiation between Wonder Woman and Sue Storm. So to be able to step into the superhero genre again, but play such a different character is also interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she also too, I mean, again, people that she's also worked with, I mean, The Rock and, and Ryan Reynolds, and then she can go be serious as we've seen in some roles like Wonder Woman, even though that still has some, some like comedy definitely can do well in terms of just being almost relatable and personable and just has that personality that to light up a room kind of thing, yeah. uh, which is important in a lot of these films, these big mega films. Yeah. And I thought she had a great turn in the recent uh, death on the Nile film as well. So uh, while she wasn't a, a big character, she was an important character in the movie, and I thought she did a good job. Uh, again, that works well in in my Fantastic Four, where they all are maybe are all closely supportive of one another. Uh, which my next two uh, picks of my Fantastic Four are definitely paired purposely together. Again, so first I will be my Johnny Storm as Ludicrous, and this is not a Ludicrous pick. Ludicrous, obviously. A big, oh. <laughs> a big recording artist had a lot of hits as well as been in some big fast films that are also furious. Right. I think him as Johnny Storm of uh, where I want my Johnny, Johnny Storm to be is, which I'll get later to in my pick. I don't want to spoil anything. I think he is, again, a very likable guy. He can be funny. 
He can be cool. Works very well with my Ben Grimm, which I'm just going to say it now because it makes more sense when they're together. If you know their experiences together, my Ben Grimm is Tyrese. Somebody who can. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that makes perfect sense. That dynamic. I'm still very interested to see the sibling dynamic between Gal Gadot and Ludacris as Johnny and Sue Storm, but certainly the Ludacris Tyrese pairing between Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm is great. I I love that. They have great, again, they have great chemistry together in previous films, the Venom, back and forth humor. All these movies, they need some lighter moments, humor moments. It's going to mix with the seriousness. Uh, They both can be serious, but they also both can just just make you laugh, whether it's through improv or just just fun. And those two characters together, I think, are should be fun together. Have fun. Yeah, both have the both have the ability to drop one-liners. Both can, especially Tyrese, can uh, evoke a lot of physical comedy, which I think would be good with Ben Grimm and uh, just the awkwardness of his size. So to see Tyrese try and fumble around as this rock creature would also be is also fascinating to me. So no, I I. Hearing who your Ben Grimm is, that makes a ton of sense. And I'm a little baffled in a good way and very intrigued to see how this all fits in into your pitch. It will fit maybe somehow. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes over. You are you are winning me over with your confidence here. <laughs> well, last but certainly not least is the the villain um i guess first first question is dr doom going to be a main villain in just because we cast a doom is is doom a main villain in your in your film yes yes he is he is i he would be considered the the primary villain that does not necessarily mean that in the future there will, if again this could be a start of a great franchise uh that will find other villains but in this film if he is the primary villain and mainly um, his, because again, I tried to do everything in pairing. So his opposite pairing for me in this casting uh, goes off of Sun Kang as my Reed Richards. Yeah. Uh, so my doctor, my Dr. Doom, my Viz, uh, Brian T, uh, possibly best known for his role in Tokyo Drift as the Drift King. Great choice. I, I, I love that. Uh, uh, also, um, he, I mean, he has also been in a Marvel film. He was, had a role in the wolverine but that's not that's not mcu that that to you uh so it counts um but again there is some experience there and also too of being in comic book films she was also uh the shredder in the previous out of the shadows movie as well i was very excited when i was able to cast him no that's great as my doctor also too i would say this one might have been my most difficult casting yeah of it, just trying to figure out like, well, who who could I be? Who could I be? Because there are some other choices that could have been. Who, who else were you? It. Who else were you thinking about before you locked in with Brian T? I was think my first thought was Luke Evans. Oh yeah, no, that would have been great um, too. But then when I kind of settled into my uh, my Reed Richards, I thought I think Brian T might work better for for this for this role, this film that I'm trying to craft and create. But I think Luke Evans. I mean, if if uh, they do want to cast Luke Evans as Dr. Doom down the road, I say go for it. I think you'd be a good a good fit. No, I, no I, I'm really intrigued by your casting as a whole. I think how you set it up that you're looking at them as kind of pairings. And then when with Dr. Doom pairing that back to Reed Richards, I think also makes a ton of sense. 
Um, so no, really, overall, I'm I'm intrigued to see how your cast fits into the pitch you're going to be providing us very soon. Any was there anyone else you struggled with, or were you pretty locked in? Uh, uh, until there, there. Uh, I will also say the the thing too. At first, yeah. I thought, I mean, I could be fun and, and make it make it the rock. I was like, you know what, the, the rock <laughs> it, it, with this schedule. I'm mean, trying to lock him down uh, for filming. He's a very a busy guy. I'm not sure he's ready to sign that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we could have got him. And also to um uh Statham, I mean, because he has he's more, more so in just Lynn films. I mean, he's been post-credit scenes, so right. smaller roles in these films thus far. Um, but I also thought maybe maybe he could be my my thing. Or maybe could he be my Doctor Doom? Maybe Johnny Storm. I don't know about Johnny Storm. Uh, so that was one I, I played with. As oh, well. Makes sense. I and I think overall I, I like the makeup of, of your cast. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's it's pretty fantastic. We'll see. Well, we'll see I if hope... the pitch is fantastic. Oh well, I hope my cast lives up to my thoughts on yours. I hope you like mine just as much. I hope uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> we're gonna have so many sound effects in these last 30 seconds this would this would drive <laughs> pat crazy you're all these fantastics <laughs> well with that said before before we uh we drive him any crazier uh, i'll i'll get into my pitch uh sorry not my pitch my castings my fantastic castings your pitch castings <laughs> my pitch castings go. thank you john so for for my re richards my mr fantastic i went to the film that differentiated from our four favorite films i did dive into star trek beyond uh and my reed richards is an actor who i think is on the brink of being a consistent leading man he's been in some of my very favorite films over the last few years uh most specifically the film searching a very small mystery thriller film that I really recommend. He was most recently in the Cowboy Bebop reboot on Netflix. Oh. My Reed Richards is the one who played Sulu in Star Trek Kelvin Timeline franchise. That is John Cho. I think I you, you had me for a second. You went <laughs> a different direction, but then you got me. That's good. I like it. <laughs> uh, I think John Cho can do very little wrong as an actor. And I think he encapsulates everything it means to be Reed Richards. I think he can play extremely bright, very driven, dedicated. He has enough, he has the looks and the charisma to, to pull someone like a Sue Storm. To be quite honest with you, I think he is the whole package. He has he also kind of has the length, kind of a, this lanky kind of build too, to be believable as this character with superpowers to be able to stretch and manipulate his body like he can really john cho is an actor who who i think's deserved to be a leading man much sooner than he has been but i am glad he's starting to get those opportunities now he was I believe he was also in not just star trek but he was also in justin lynn's first film in 1997 shopping for fangs so it's not just star trek he's also had a long history and uh, relationship yeah, yeah. with justin lynn as well so i think to be able to for uh, justin lynn to be able to take this actor who he's worked with early in his career and propel him into this leading 
Marvel role is also something that would be really cool. No, I, get, I think that's a, a great pick. I, I think uh, obviously he has uh, some comedic shops as well. Um, yes, 100%. Kumar. Um, also, to one of my favorite guest roles in How I Met Your Mother as Jefferson Coatsworth. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the, the Co-Baby or the, the lobster. Trying to, trying to, to woo Ted into yeah. taking the, the job. Or Marshall, trying to move Marshall, Marshall, yeah, and take him out for like lobster fed, Kobe right. beef. I, I, that's great. Um, that's an interesting pick. I thought you were going, diff- like I said, I thought you were going in a different direction. Maybe some of our listeners maybe would have hinted, picked up on that as well and got tricked <laughs> by me as I did. Uh, I won't mention his name in case he appears later he might he might appear later i'm interested oh. no good I'm, I'm glad you i'm glad you like the casting it's someone this was someone who i knew pretty much right away was going to be my reed richards this was this was an easy pick and then but as we alluded to reed richards marries sue storm they have a relationship and i wanted someone an actress who was playing my sue storm to be able to hold her own and even maybe kind of surpass Reed Richards in a lot of ways. So I went with the only time she's appeared in Justin Lin film was in 2021's F9. Reprising a role, though, as the villain, my Sue Storm is actually Charlize Theron. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I, she, I think okay. there is going to be an opportunity for her. She has no qualms about being in these big franchise films. She, she is an ass kicker. I mean, she's done a lot of great action films. And I think to be able to step into the role of Sue Storm, I think fits perfectly for her as well. And I think there is there could certainly be believable chemistry between her and John Cho as well. She's got the acting chops. She's got the action chops. She's got the brains, the wit. She's been a mother in movies as well. Certainly Sue Storm is a mother. So I, that, that is why I targeted Shirley Theron as Sue Storm for this film. That's another a good pick too. Um, I mean, obviously she's a, a role she's been an award winning. Right. Uh, and like you said, uh, she doesn't have any qualms about being in any kind of these movies, big budget, small budget, serious roles, more comedic roles. So I think she would be obviously a very professional, great pick uh, for, for Sue Storm and can really work off of anybody in any situation, really, and do a good job. Whether or not everything she's in is high quality, that remains to be debated. I mean, Hancock, I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, she's, she's done that, super before. But, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't hate Hancock like a lot of people did. Is it the greatest? No. But she's can never accuse her of phoning it in. No. She's, she's always committed to the role she's playing. And whether the others around her are living up to... Her performance, not always the case, but she uh, she certainly gives her all in all of her performances. Definitely. I, I'm wondering if my Johnny Storm might be the person you were thinking about previously with the Reed Richards. This this actor was also has also only been in one Justin Lin film. It was also 2016 Star Trek Beyond, but he was the lead in this. This was Captain Kirk. My Johnny Storm is Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Is that who you were thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I, I thought Chris Pine actually made a better Johnny Storm. With I mean, we get the wisecracks from like a Captain Kirk. I And I think that fit better and was a better profile for, for Johnny Storm. I also thought he and Charlize made very believable siblings as well. Uh, that's he, true. He's, he's a few years younger than she is as as real people i guess is the best way to yeah. put it so i think i think it's certainly believable that they could be siblings and play off of each other in that dynamic as well 
Um, I think he would be great in being able to poke Ben Grimm's buttons, um, but he's still also a very intelligent and, and empathetic character. And I think you would see very similar crossover from his character from Wonder Woman um, and a lot of other stuff he's done um, to be able to kind of take from those other characters and build up his version of Johnny Storm. And I can hear him just saying flame on. I hear Chris Pine yelling flame on and it'd be believable as well. Yeah, I again, uh, great, great pick to, to be in this film, no matter what role you would give him. I think he would do a great job. He's slowly becoming one of my favorite uh, just actors in general and probably my favorite of the Hollywood Chris's. Um, <laughs> I mean, the mustache in Hello High Water is amazing. And I great. Mean, that's that's a great point, too. We are now getting all the Chris's into the Marvel movies as well. I am not saying whether or not my movie's in the MCU yet, but we will be getting this Chris as a Marvel character as well, kind of and completing. And finally settle the debate. Who the best Who's the best Who is the best Chris? <laughs> and also, I, I just want to uh, thank Dan for reminding all of us that actors are real people as well. <laughs> yes. Well, so, okay, side note. It always makes me laugh on like infomercials when they have people talking about the product like this is a real pert like oh i love my i love <laughs> my, paid actor my sham wow <laughs> this is a real person are, are actors not real what what, am, what are we doing here? well wait a minute wait a minute are they all just holograms <laughs> they, or are they, they all just be. genetically <laughs> signed and created in a lab it, it could be possible oh my god oh my god let's just let's just stop this podcast now and <laughs> do the some CIA, research and then the come CIA back might be looking for us oh no we've unintentionally uh oh, revealed no. some uh, government oh, secrets oh. sorry everyone well let, let's keep let's keep pushing through just in case uh okay we don't I'm, I'm just looking <laughs> over my shoulder okay you can't see that just imagine me looking over my shoulder if it's the left or the right one i'll let it be up to the audience I'll look over your okay you're okay good, you're good, okay. You're good. okay all right cool Okay, well, while while we still have a podcast to uh, to discuss, um, let's let's talk about my my Ben Grimm, my the thing, and this is where we will have some crossover in our casting. There's not there's a reason I had that whole list of films that this actor has been in in Justin Lin. Uh, so, like I said, it is important to have this actor in a Justin Lin film because he is essentially a staple for this director. Uh, I'm going with Han himself, Sung Kang, as Ben Grimm the Thing. Uh, I felt a little bad after our discussion because he has certainly been relegated as part of the crew, as you alluded to, and, and the side character. But I think he does a good job in that role. So I am typecasting him a little bit as as the friend to John, John Cho's Reed Richards, as the buddy, as the one who is there to always have his back. Because I think he does a damn good job at doing it. And I think he would fit in just the same and he would fill, fill that role pretty darn well. Um, one thing that I, I had been trying to do with Ben Grimm is made sure he was still played by a, a Jewish character. Um, this film is probably the first where I'm going to be deviating from that because I like the casting and the, the partnership relationship I see between Ben Grimm and Sung Kang and John Cho and Reed Richards enough that I, I, I had no problem deviating this time compared to past episodes. Doesn't mean Sung Kang couldn't be a Jewish character, but uh, it is more of a deviation at least, and and not as relevant to the pitch as other times and other castings have been so far. John, I know your affinity for Sung Kang, but any thoughts of him as 
Ben Grimm as opposed to Reed Richards? Uh, no, not really. I, again, um, I'm excited when you throw in a Chris Pine off him kind of thing, the pair together as being, you know, buddies kind of thing as well. Yep. Just, I always imagine those two kind of just going on crazy antics together, them playing off each other and just throwing again. I mean, something he has to be in this film somehow in type of role. Um, and again, I mean, being part of the Fantastic Four is still a major role not necessarily being because we all just think of Reed Richards as the leader based off his alter ego his name kind of thing whether that is a fantastic or not that remains to be seen but hey you know um I'm excited just to see them all all of these ideas all of them all these great actors just going off interacting with one another and it's always again the thing is always just a very fun character to me as well whether you can make fun of them uh, by the way he looks or not, but I mean, he can still kick your ass at the end of the day. Right. He is, he is one of my favorite Marvel characters, uh, has been for some time. Uh, and one thing I, I see a little different in the relationship between Johnny and Ben in this film with Chris Chris Pine and Sun Kang is where historically Johnny's really dished it out heavily to Ben and Ben hasn't dished it back. I see a little more give and take in this one where Sun Kang can, can be a little more um, retaliatory uh, to Johnny Storm, uh, just knowing the nature of of the actor and the characters he's played. Uh, I don't see him playing a Ben Grimm who's just going to, to take what Johnny Storm's dishing out at him. No, he's not going to be a pushover. He's going to give it right back. Right, right. Well, certainly last but not least is, is my Dr. Doom. And I will admit up front, Dr. Doom is not going to be playing a heavy part in my film, but still going to be a presence and maybe some teasers for if there are future installments of these movies that are not going to be made. But my my actor, act, actor or actress, actually, my actress who is going to be playing Dr. Doom has appeared in two Fast and Furious franchise films, 2011's Fast Five, 2013's Fast and Furious Six, at least directed by Justin Lin. She also does have a connection to the MCU. She is married to the God of Thunder himself, Chris Hemsworth. My Dr. Doom is going to be Elsa Pataki. This is Thor. Okay. This is Thor. This is Thor indeed. Uh, I think she has the, she has a fierceness about her that I think would make a great villain. We've seen her play like the cop role in the franchise and the the love interest to Vin Diesel's Dom character in the Fast and Furious franchise as well. But I would love to see her play opposite in this villainous role, which I think she could do pretty darn well, actually. Um, we've seen her do have this, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this fierceness and this intensity uh, in pursuit of her goals in in these franchise already. And I'd love to see that translate in a Dr. Doom role opposite this cast that I have put together as well. I think it's, a, it's good. Interesting. <clears throat> I mean, obviously whether or not it's the, the whatever casting for gender swapping right. kind of, for me, it doesn't really necessarily matter. It's all really right. about like what your character wants, what the character to be. Um, and I think also Pataki has this presence and that we've seen in these Fast and Furious films of not necessarily of just being playing an important role and not being hidden and not kind of just fading into the background, but still having this presence, which in these films obviously is very important too. Uh, we talked about just having a presence and not just being lost, uh, especially to be whatever role of this villain is in this universe doesn't necessarily mean that he can't grow. In the and that, yeah, that, that's not to say just because in this movie I'm pitching specifically, she's not playing a major part does not mean that in future 
installments, there would be there wouldn't be more Doctor Doom. That is not what I'm saying right. at all. It right. just happens to be in this pitch that I've come up for this specific film. She is not going to be playing as big of a part as other other pitches I've done or other guests have done. I, I think that gets us into a good transition point to dive into our pitches. Then we've cast cast our films. You have your list. I have mine. Um, and I think it's important that we talk about how these casts fit into the movie that we have created. Uh, but before getting into our actual pitches, John, I have two questions for you. First, <laughs> no, they don't. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, I didn't study. I didn't study. That's okay. No, these. Hopefully, these aren't too big a surprise. First, is your film an origin film? Technically, yes. Okay, cool. I'm interested to see how it technically is. Uh, second, is it part of the MCU? In theory, yes. Eventually, <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. Well, you've certainly you've certainly uh, teased this very well. I'm I'm interested to see how this goes. Um, so I don't want to delay this any longer. I want to hear how it technically is an origin film and in theory, part of the MCU. So John, go ahead with your pitch for your Justin Lin directed Fantastic Four film. All right. Reed Richards, Sue Storm, and Victor Von Doom are known and they're highly successful company in New York City as RSV. They work in the tech industry. They have some military com- uh, contracts not necessarily making manufacturing weapons, more so armored vehicles, personal armor for soldiers and other, other areas. They're always growing, whether it's through pharmaceutical. Again, they're highly successful. And then Reed is their CEO. Sue is their CFO. And Victor is their COO. Again, uh, Reed and Victor are also their best friends, their buds. And Sue, on and off again, relationship with Reed, uh, Victor, a little pushback with that, a little jealous, maybe. Who knows? Maybe he's interested in Sue, but they're all good friends. And then Johnny and Ben, uh, they head up the R&D department uh, as EVPs. Um, they've been trying, uh, the others have been trying to get them to become C-level executives, CTOs, whatever. But they're like, you know what? We're just happy just doing what we're doing, having fun, uh, just doing what they do. I mean, they... Uh, lots of work. Uh, they own a go-kart and arcade business as well. And I should also mention, uh, before I get ahead of myself, relation between Sue and Johnny, they are both adopted and they've stuck together. So they are adopted brother and sister. They've stuck together. And then Sue does a lot of, because of that, Sue does a lot of work with uh, children's charities. And, and then Reed is the public face of the company because he uh, has a big personality and everyone just flocks to him. They want to like him and being around him. Um, and Victor, he has that a little bit jealous of that because Reed gets all the attention. Um, and, and Victor just wants to, to be like him. Um, not to say that Victor isn't popular because he does have his own following, uh, but not quite at the level of Reed. And I should also mention um, that all of the Fantastic Four members uh, are big into cars. They collect a lot of cars, and they're all proficient at driving. And Sue, a bit uh, proficient with uh, firearms as well. Not sure, not sure how, but she just is. Who knows? I don't know, but maybe we'll find out. 
now imagine, sorry for nerve. I just now imagine a scene, like a setup scene of her at like a gun range, just firing. Yeah, just a hobby. Yeah, just a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then just like, you know, the the guy next to her says, hey, pretty good. Can I buy you a drink? And he says, no. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> and again, uh, my, to build on my interactions together with uh, uh, Johnny and Ben, that they have a bunch of side side projects. It, again, Nothing maybe illicit, maybe something, stuff a little immature. Maybe as I go to car business, do side hustles with, again, big with uh, kids coming in and betting, you know, their allowance, maybe um, that kind of thing. Um, then also they have, because of the R&D, big in R&D, developing projects, maybe experimenting with, with rockets. Who knows? Maybe they want to get into space. I don't know. Maybe that's a different movie. I don't know. And also, too, uh, my my Victor is also kind of just wanting to expand the company. And Reed, again, they're, they're best friends, so Reed trusts him. Sue is maybe a little hesitant because Victor's dealings maybe could be a little shady. Maybe it's dealing with different governments of different countries, maybe some illegal things. He's kind of keeping things a little hush-hush. But, you know, Reed says, so Sue, hey... You know what? He's our friend. It's gonna be okay. I mean, we're trying to grow this company. We're 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 doing well. We're doing good. We're doing well. But while all this is going on, Reed himself is kind of hiding it, maybe from the others. He's trying to keep it on the down low, hush hush. But he's starting to get these visions. Something's going on. He he's not sure. So he's kind of in his spare time going more around his car because again, he's a big car collector working on them, tuning, collecting more. And he's just seeing these, these memories, these visions. And it, it just, he doesn't know it, what's going on. Is, is this real life? Is this, this really happened to me? So he's not sure. And he keeps also seeing Sue, but these different memories of Sue. Again, what's going on? I, I'm, I'm Reed Richards. This isn't my life. This isn't, this isn't our life. What's going, what's going on? He doesn't know. So what does he do? Gets into his Mazda RX-7. All right, he starts driving around. You can he's seeing more visions, these these memories coming back to him of Victor in a different life, of Johnny in a different life, of Ben in a different life. And then he sees his good buddy Victor driving around the streets of New York in his Nissan Fairlady Z. And then the license plate. It's a vanity license plate. And it says the letters I A M D K. I am DK. And they see one another. Their eyes meet. And they know. Victor drives off. And it's on. The chase is on. They're racing through the streets of busy NYC. Drifting. Narrowly avoiding tra other traffic. Bystanders. And where do they end up? At the headquarters of RSV. Now keep in mind, this is, this is Thursday night. This is bowling night normally. All right, for Sue, Johnny, Ben, Victor, and Reed, they all meet up and head over to the bowling alley, conveniently across the street that they own, because again, expanding businesses, so they get the bowl for free. Then they notice Victor and Reed both driving up in front of them and bursting out of their cars and yelling, screaming. Sue's like, what the hell is going on? Johnny and Ben are both extremely confused, and Victor is just saying, hey, you know, Reed, he's lost his mind. Something's going on with Reed. Guys, listen to me. Reed, we can't trust him anymore. He's going crazy. And all Reed's doing is just looking at Sue 
uh, trying to meet her gaze and just say, hey, Sue, you are not Sue. You are Giselle. And Ben and John are like, who the heck is Giselle? And Victor's, Victor's just saying, Giselle, see, he's lost his mind. You're Sue. You're Sue Storm. Obviously, very taken aback, backs up. Backs up. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. And then and, and Victor's just, again, yelling at all of them. And then Reed turns, looks at him, and holds up his hand and says, shut up. And he says to, says to Victor, come on, wait in the Boy Scouts. And then Victor knows the game is up. And Reed turns back to Sue and just says, Tokyo. Johnny says, Tokyo. Ben says, Tokyo. And Sue says, Tokyo. And then there's a portal that appears out of nowhere, out walks Wong, because he's contractually obligated to appear in so many MCU films. <laughs> You've got to show up. <laughs> but he's not alone. Oh, no. With, no, no, no. With him is a raccoon who has a bit of an attitude and a tree. And then so everyone's staring at them. Then along along says, I brought some friends. And then the tree says, I am Groot. And the raccoon translates. Groot says, we finally found you. I am Groot. And Rocket translates, it's time to go fast. We are Groot. We are a family. Ladies and gentlemen, it turns out Giselle's apparent death in Fast and Furious 6 was a disappearance, possibly, of Giselle. We never saw her body. That is why Han went to Tokyo to look for her. And there in Tokyo, DK lured in Han for revenge, for taking down his entire Yakuza empire in Tokyo Drift. And then they were just in this other world, this multiverse, if you will, and just trapped. And, and Dom, Dom, he's getting concerned. So what does he do? He sends Roman and Tej to go looking for them both. And then they also were pulled into DK's trap as Dr. Doom and in this, this world, this facade. And then so, so Dom, he, he's concerned. So he picks up the phone and he calls his cousin Groot. Toretto. And what do they have to do to open these portals? I mean, Dr. Strange, he's too busy, so you got to call up Wong to open up a portal. And we have now united through the multiverse, the Fast Saga in the MCU. Finally. Family is forever. <laughs> oh, and keep in mind, they all, throughout this entire film, they all have their powers. Don't worry, they all have their powers. Right, right. No, no, of course. I had expectations on what your pitch was going to be. They were not high enough. That was, I should have expected this, and I didn't. And I'm the better for being surprised. That, that was wonderful. Um, well, well, you know what, uh, Mr. Feige? That'll be $250 million, but I'll turn that into $1.75 billion. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's better than the Shyamalan crossover universe, I think. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I was trying my hardest not to give anything, hint at anything. I mean, I was yeah. trying to make a fantastic pitch. Um, it ended up being something that turned out to be fast, maybe a little furious as I was oh, crafting it. Was it. Um, it was all of those. I'm a better person for having heard that. I am glad that you've finally become a better person. I was worried about you for a few <laughs> minutes. Um, you're going to a dark past of 
listening to the Shyamalan pitches and <laughs> um, Spielberg doing a movie. I mean, it took, I, it took it took Justin Lin and the Fast and Furious to see see the error in my ways. Welcome, welcome to the family, as they say. <laughs> Thanks, John. You're welcome, oh, man. Uh, I'm. I, I just I don't know how I'm going to top that. I mean, every week uh, my guests come in with, the, with these great pitches, and I have to play cleanup, and uh, I don't want to, but I'm going to give it my best. I still am going to give it my my fair shot, but I am I'm actually very happy with the pitch I've come up with here. Again, there's a lot following that. But uh, I will. I will do my best. <laughs> hey, well, you know, um, I'm hoping to hear something fantastic from you today. So thanks, John. Thanks, John. Uh, and I appreciate you constantly allowing me to use my fun sound effect for the fantastic drop. But you know, I, I, I'm going to just dive right in with my pitch. My pitch for the film, which I like to call the fantastic and the Forious, um, with Whoa. the number four, yes, is Whoa. what I'm calling this movie. Um, it is not an origin film. And sure, yes, it is part of the MCU. So at this point, the Fantastic Four have already been introduced into the MCU. Uh, I'm not going to preface how, but just they are established characters now into the MCU. The, the movie is going to open with Johnny Storm racing in some Reed Richards created souped up car, racing some other people, maybe, maybe some other supers, maybe some young supers, maybe some other just friends of his, who knows, he's, but he's racing. And he turns the corner and you just see this stone fist crash into the front of the car of Ben Grimm. And he says, hot stuff, we've got to go. And he just picks up the car and starts walking it back to the Fantastic Four's base. Uh, they get there, he drops the car and says something wisecracking. But when the two of them get back, you see Reed Richards and Sue Storm standing there with a holographic image with a distress call from this woman named Lalandra. She is from the Shi'ar Empire. And who will be playing Lalandra? I'm going to go with Gal Gadot from John's Pitch. She will be there saying, Fantastic Four, we have heard of your exploits and we need your help. Our, uh, the McCran crystal has been taken and we need to get it back. And you are the only people suited to do the job. For those of you who do not know what the McCran crystal are, let me enlighten you. This is a crystal from the Shi'ar Empire of the Marvel Universe that allows one to travel to other realities of the multiverse. See, we're already getting more multiverse stuff thrown in here uh, even shards of the crystal have this property uh, additionally the crystal can allow time travel it can help restore powers for those who may have lost theirs it is really this kind of MacGuffin, end-all be-all do whatever you need it to power source from the marvel universe but it is this prized possession of the shiar empire and lalandra one of its leaders we need your help uh, get here as fast as you can. So the Fantastic Four load up their Fantastic Car into their rocket ship and speed off to the Shi'ar Empire. Throughout their journey, they have to avoid space pirates and speed away and, you know, get, get chased by them. So we got, you know, we got that Justin Lin 
chase action going on in space, avoid meteorites and all and lasers and all this fun stuff. So we got that chase scene all set down and we get to the, the home world of the Shi'ar Empire and we learn that it wasn't actually stolen, but it was a white lie told by Lalandra. But they needed, she needed the Fantastic Force help to stop Deken, the actual, the full-fledged kind of ruler of the Shi'ar Empire, from using it, because she believes that by using it, it will destroy the universe. And he, but he, this guy Deken, who is played by Luke Evans, another Justin Lin actor, wants to use it to gain more power for his empire. But Lalandra is afraid that it will him using it will will mess up space time and everything so the fantastic four and lalandra devise a, a heist to try and steal the mccran crystal to get it away, away from deken so for those of you who do not know what the fantastic car is it is this flying vehicle that breaks off into four p four individual vehicles for each of them to arrive around. So they devise a plan to steal the McCran crystal and pass it between these four different fantastic car elements, weaving in and out of the cityscape of this planet on the Shi'ar empire to get the McCran crystal away from Deken. So long story short, the heist is successful. However, there is an, another betrayal by Lalandre, a, a bigger lie where she actually wanted to use it for herself. And she tricked the fantastic four into stealing it for her however she does not want it for power she is actually for those of you who who may or may not know the comic lore she was actually a former lover of professor xavier so in here what in this world in this mcu the x-men are not existent in our earth but they exist in a different multiverse and the x-men need help from Lalandra to escape their home world. Maybe Apocalypse has done something with it. Who knows? But they're in trouble. So Lalandra wanted to use the power of the McCran crystal to save essentially all mutants from the evils that are happening on their multiverse Earth. So she utilizes it and teleports all the X-Men and other mutants to Earth and restores any powers that may have been lost with the power of McCran Crystal and sends them to Earth. So this is our introduction to the X-Men via the Fantastic Four movie. And the Fantastic Four feel duped and now are being blamed for all these new people being sent to Earth, especially after the precursors of the blip and everyone being returned after Thanos. They just, they, the Earth can't deal with even more population coming in here and now more population with all these powers that are so unpredictable. And that we start seeing the tensions of the, the racism and the bigotry towards mutants just at the tail end, like spring out. Maybe we see some, some, uh, some cable news show talking about the dangers of of these mutants not only is it more people on earth but now there's these people with powers and more people with powers and the dangers that they bring so through this this heist and these actions of the fantastic four they have brought about the x-men into the mcu and we see start seeing why this bigotry has um, erupted among people on earth and it stemmed from 
their multiversal immigration to Earth from the Fantastic Four's actions. The movie ends now. We see a young Jean Grey. And right now, I envision the Fantastic Four are all played by like their Age of Apocalypse or uh, the Dark Phoenix saga characters, like the young actors right now is kind of where I'm thinking my head is. We see, we'll say Sophie Turner is playing Jean Grey. She is confused and trying to figure out her way. And we see Elsa Pataki is like have a holographic, uh, as Dr. Doom, a holographic image of her. And then we on one screen, and then on another, we see a deep space projection and this Phoenix-shaped fire force flying through space. And she says, ah, yes, this should work out just fine. And it's precluding the Dark Phoenix saga that Dr. Doom will somehow have an effect in Jean Grey becoming the Dark Phoenix. Ron, did you understand a thing I said? Well, um, I thank <laughs> you for explaining some of the more com- comic elements that maybe some viewer listeners maybe would be unfamiliar with. Um, so I did follow along thanks to the explanations, the expert explanations by you, uh, the fantastic host here on this fantastic podcast. And I don't know if I was expecting the X-Men to be introduced, but I got to do it somehow. Yeah, yeah, one way or the other. And uh, while this isn't going to be an X-Men movie, like it's going to be an element, it's still going to be very wholly a Fantastic Four film, them using their their tech, their powers to escape these hot, these fast and these furious situations that they will hey, be we facing. Did, we did get some fast cars. Right, right. I wanted to make sure there was some sort of car element at the beginning. And again, I just do love the vision of the thing smashing his hand down on the hood of Johnny Storm's car and him being angry about it and just then lifting the car up. Like that was something that I was very happy about when I came up with it. And then then we get some, we we see we've seen Justin Lin do space too with Star Trek. So now we're just melding some of the the racing, the heist, the 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 space speedy kind of stunts and while it's not cars it's still chase scenes through space through these cityscapes that the fast and furious franchise is known for so i tried to bring all of that together no definitely uh definitely a very a very fast and furious fantastic film that was cast being casted and uh with uh, (laughs) uh, uh oh uh um what other fantastic uh, pitch words and fantastic fast, furious for fantastic <laughs> gonna be so many sound effects this episode <laughs> <laughs> hey the sound effects are family 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 always family Always family. And ooh, that might be at the end. It's like you see prevent okay, I'm gonna go back to my pitch now. You see, you see Professor Xavier at the end. He's like, we may be in a new world and face many struggles, but we have to remember mutants. We are family. And that was my terrible Patrick Stewart impression. Like I would don't even call it an impression, but that's my Professor Xavier voice. But uh, that's well, where the family ties it with the mutants. You'd think it would have been with the Fantastic Four, who is the first family of Marvel, but we actually get the family line with the X-Men. Uh, well, uh, definitely uh, keep working on your uh, Patrick Stewart impression. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm not saying that you won't get hired uh, for birthday parties as the premier. I got the hair for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, but get, yeah, getting there part of the way. Um, I mean, hey, I mean, how's your how's your James McAvoy? Is it? I, I still lots of work still. I okay, okay, so it's it's a work in progress. Okay, all right, okay. I got, I got a bit of I got a bit of a sore throat we'll, right now. We'll too. work on it. We'll work on it. Um, eventually, <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get that curve going soon i just took another attempt that's a dark phoenix story saga side storyline well we'll see how this one works out third time's a charm hey well <laughs> hey, with justin lynn though hey, driving, hey, driving kevin feige and justin go. lynn you know what could go wrong billions oh, and billions of dollars let's go well you know before we go off the rails any further that is it that is the end of our show that is the end of our fan castings our pitches for the justin lynn helm fantastic four movie we hope you the listeners have enjoyed our exploration into this what if scenario i wanted to make special note that the fan cast at four podcast is hosted for free on anchor and we encourage you if you have your own podcast idea to check out anchor and its many services it is a great resource for getting your idea off the ground You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, we would greatly appreciate you hitting that subscribe button and commenting on who your Justin Lin fan cast would be, on what your thoughts of our lists and pitches were, and on which director you might want to see next. I also want to thank Matt Hart and Maddie Gunner for the fantastic theme music they created for us. And I certainly want to thank you, John, for being a guest today. I hope you had fun. I had a... Uh, a fun time, a fantastic time. It went by so fast, but it was very furious and very family. Hopefully it didn't make you too furious. Not, not too, yeah. On the scale of not too high on the furious scale, maybe a little, yeah, low, mid, mid, mid to, to upper furious. So, a good, a good so furious. It's, it's contained. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good on the, on the level. Cool. Cool. Not too furious, but just the, just the right, the Goldilocks. Uh, curious. You know what? That is our show. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dan Bettenhausen, and on behalf of my guest, John Lestrina, I hope you all have a fantastic day. Bye, John. Bye, Dan. <laughs>